I'm John DiLiberto, and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. Today I've got something we don't always get on the show, a movie star. Rebecca Pigeon is not only a great actor who has been in films like Homicide, The Spanish Prisoner, and The Heist, but she is also a very good singer-songwriter. She's got a new album that taps her spiritual side called Parts of Speech, Pieces of Sound. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about Echoes Online. You know, you're probably going to be traveling somewhere where you can't hear Echoes, but you could take the perfect soundtrack with you by getting a subscription to Echoes Online. Echoes Online gives you 24-7 on-demand access to Echoes shows. There's also exclusive online-only streams and Echoes shows without the talking, just the music. Just get the free Echoes app on your cell phone and you can take Echoes with you pretty much anywhere you can get a signal. Whether you're lying on a beach in the Caribbean, bombing down an interstate in the Midwest, or moving through the ancient sites of Europe, Echoes can score your journey. Go to echoes.org to find out more about Echoes Online. And now, get in your favorite yoga pose to experience the bliss of Rebecca Pigeon. always a little sketchy on movie actors who decide they want to be musicians, but today I've got someone who defies that bias, Rebecca Pigeon. Many people know her as the often wry actor who has appeared in films like Homicide, The Spanish Prisoner, and State in Maine. But she's also been performing music for most of her career, going back to the 1980s in a band called Ruby Blue. Since 1994, she's released some 10 really good solo albums. But her latest is something of a departure. It's called Parts of Speech, Pieces of Sound. I'm speaking to Rebecca Pigeon at Morningstar Studios outside of Philadelphia, where she's just completed an Echo's live performance. She's as beautiful in person as she is on screen, wearing a black t-shirt and gray slacks with her long brown hair cascading over her shoulders. The Gibson electric guitar she holds is almost bigger than she is. Her latest release, conceived during the pandemic, is a concept work built around her yoga practice. It refers to these yogic practices of, particularly in pranayama, where you're using sound forms in the breathwork, but it's mental. I always use the example of the mantra Om. When you recite it in your mind, it creates a reverberation within you. And apart from focusing and quieting the mind, it prepares the ground for a sort of inward journey that's very profound and often surprising. From that description, you might think she's recorded a chant or meditation album, but that is not the case. And a quick listen to a song like Rudra Deva would quickly disabuse you of that idea. Rudra Deva is another name for Shiva, and it's connected, God is connected with the element of fire and thunder and destruction and 
is there to destroy and also to be terrifying, to destroy the, the shadrapus, the sins that were all the negative qualities. And I struggled with that one. I had the musical form, but I had a sort of tune and I had the lyrics and I kept singing it and I, I shared it with a friend of mine who I trust and he said, no, you're not getting it. Somehow you're just not getting it. I kept, and so I'd go away and try again. He said, no, the vocal's not um, doing it. In the end he said, you know what? You have to be insane. Just let rip, just be unrestrained. It's about a demon of destruction. Well, not a demon, a god, a terrifying deity. You have to be insane. Adding to the intensity are sound effects. There's Morse code in it, there's helicopters, there's, you know, Viet sounds from Vietnam, war, battle and destruction. It's supposed to be wild, and it is wild. This isn't what most people would consider meditation music, but yoga principles inform all her songs on the album. It's something that came to her in a dream. This sounds stupid, but I had a dream that I was in a class in a lecture hall and the lecturer was teaching the sutras and he started playing a drum pattern and uh oh, he said, I know there's somebody here who can sing this, please sing it. And I thought, oh no, he's talking about me. Oh no, I can't. How could I possibly start singing in front of all of these people just out of the blue. And then the teacher said, don't be afraid, just sing it. And so I thought, well, I've been instructed not to be afraid, so I'm going to sing it. And I did, and I put it down in a memo uh, the next day and then continued to like it as the day went on. And so I thought, well, this is, I guess this is gonna be a song. What will it be about? And then I thought, well, it was about the sutras in the dream. So let's make it about the sutras. And as I continued studying, I'd started to write a few songs. And then as I got into the process, I realized, wait, I'm writing a song cycle, and I think it's going to be an album. I'm going to take my language and break it into parts of speech and have a separate word in each. I'm
it's a concept album and it's a journey through these chakras which are esoteric energy centers in in the body according to sanatana dharma ancient yogic wisdom and um, apparently very peopled by all sorts of deities and all sorts of personalities going on within us and as i said it can get metaphysical and psychedelic <laughs> but when you are bordering on a meditative experience there's an inner world that's fascinating that you didn't know was there and i started having experiences like that and that inspired me to write these songs she's actually been into yoga from a very young age actually you know my mother started working with bks iyengar in 1981 and so i did grow up with that ethos in my house. That's what I was thinking. This is something she, that's been part of your life yeah, for a long time. Yeah, and she was my first yoga teacher. She still is my yoga teacher. She's a wonderful teacher. Her mother also contributed a poem to the album that spoke to the concepts of parts of speech, pieces of sound. So I was writing this journey through the chakras and then I thought, well, I, I want to acknowledge the pose Shavasana in this song cycle because it is a pose that normally you end a, a an asana class with to rest and reflect and i remembered my mother had written this beautiful poem called shavasana she wrote it for one of her great friends who had passed away another yoga teacher and i asked her if i could use it she wrote it many years ago and she said oh yeah sure so i set it to music and then i recite the poem and sort of sing around it of my toes and the skin on the soles of my feet. I have unlocked my ankles and the complex hinges of my knees. I have let go of the muscles of my calf and thigh and untied the joints of my hips. I have left empty the bowl of my pelvis that twice fed life. Swayambu is another track that wouldn't get you in a meditative state, but may tickle your chakras. Each chakra has a governing deity and is also associated with the elements and this chakra begins with uh, Brahma, who's the governing deity. I love that concept that we've got these deities governing what goes on within us. It started to feel like a bit like a cosmic dance going on and it was a bit psychedelic and so Svayambu means self-created which uh, Brahma is to do with creation and the creation of the world. And it's uh, what's called a Vandana, which is a in praise of or description of attributes of this crazy deity. You can call me Svayamu, call me Prajapati, darkness into passion you find. Rebecca Pigeon was born a little too late to be a child of the 60s, but her parents certainly put a lot of that music in her ears, especially the Beatles. You know, I was inspired by the work that George Harrison did with the Beatles very much. You know, the backwards guitars and this interesting experimentation with drum patterns that Ringo did, you know, especially in tracks like Tomorrow Never Knows. There is certainly a psychedelic mood on a track like The Ladder, which takes you into space. 
this chakra associated with the element of space and I saw I immediately thought of Neil Armstrong and I saw a press conference where they were talking very technically about the mission but there was one piece of the interview where he said of all the events of the flight the Saturn gave us one magnificent ride <laughs> and he seemed emotional for the first time because he was so very, very deadpan and I thought, oh my God, yes, that's life. It's painful and it's full of mess and sorrow and joys and agonies, but it's one magnificent ride. The journey's very long over many lives. I put my foot on the very first ride of the ladder. When you do an album that's based on Eastern practices like yoga and talk about chakras and sutras, you will automatically be identified as New Age. I feel depressed about that term though because I don't like New Age music. The inspiration for it is, yes, you could say to do with metaphysics, but I think the music is really sort of contemporary alternative fits in that category, although it's using some world music elements. Astronauts in Space, 60s psychedelia, punk and alt-rock, and even Scottish music fit into the metaphysical sound that Rebecca Pigeon is creating. You can hear it on her new album, Parts of Speech, Pieces of Sound. I will have a link to Rebecca Pigeon's album, Parts of Speech, Pieces of Sound, in the posting for this podcast. Just go to echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. Rebecca also played live on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I have an expanded version of that wonderful performance up on the Echoes website. Just scroll down to Concerts on the Echoes site or on your free Echoes app. I'm John DiLiberto. Next week in the Echoes podcast, I've got the reunited band Delay Tactics, who recorded their last album 38 years ago. But they have a new one, and I'll talk to them about it. This has been the Echoes podcast from PRX. See you next time, tonight on the radio somewhere in the country, or at Echoes Online, right now, or whenever you want.